Hi, everyone. You're listening to In the Open, a podcast by Mental Health America, where we talk all things mental health related. Hi, everybody. It's America. We're back for another session of In the Open with Teresa. Hi, everybody. So today we're going to be talking about how to control your anger. (laughs) Which is a very interesting topic because we've kind of been talking about anger for a while. If you've been hearing and listening to our sessions, you know, we talk about it all the time. So we're going to delve a little deeper. So, Teresa, I have a question to start off. <laughs> Do you think that anger is an easiest, the, the easiest emotion that you can latch on to? It's easier for me to recognize my anger it's easier for me to react with anger than it is for me to react in a situation with sadness okay, or something else. And I, I think that's because for me, anger is tied to fear in a lot of ways. So my anger has a lot of connections to my, my trauma or what I call like my trauma response. So if I'm very, very stressed, I can tell that I become really tense and on guard and really just like like kind of bottled up inside. And when I get in this way, like if stress happens in my life because of work or whatever, I'll start to bottle up more. My body will tense up. And so because of the way that I've been trained in my life with whatever's going on, if I'm really, really stressed and I'm really tight, like a ball like that, and something comes at me, it's, it's like, boom, I'm sorry. You're in my pathway. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not controlling myself right now. (laughs) I'm not paying attention to how to be a better person. Yeah. That aspect of control is huge because in one of the last sessions, two sessions that we did, one was the right um, tied to the idea of why people do hurtful things, including ourselves. Yeah. And then the other around like identifying what trauma is. Right. And we spoke about the ways in which our bodies are just attuned to reacting because we don't necessarily at the moment have the capacity to dig deeper. So we just react, right? Yeah. Instead of being thoughtful about our response. And right. um, when I think of anger, it's it's very similar to what you kind of identified where I'm just reacting. I'm not in any way taking my time to be like, let me think about this differently. And I'm just like, no, I'm just going to, Go all out and be like, eh, mm. whatever, whatever the consequences are, I guess I have to deal with them later. Yeah. And yeah. anger responses, anger as a reactive response feels faster in time Yeah, than when I respond with other emotions. Like it takes me a little bit to build up sadness and to start crying and bawling, you know, because... I think as a society, we've been communicated to that crying is a weakness. So we've learned how to not cry. But we also are communicated to society that anger is not only an acceptable response. Sometimes we celebrate it like violence, you know. You're right. Like society tells us certain things about anger. If I am consistently communicating whatever it is that, uh, you know, my needs or whatever in an angry way, I could be labeled as an angry person. But it goes to what you're saying, like society has in many ways, either they support it and are like, yeah, you should totally be all about saying what you need to say. And then when you do that, and you're like, actually, no, you can't do that, because you're hurting people. And you're like, 
Okay, so there's a middle ground because mm-hmm. there is an effective way to communicate, yeah. right? Without getting angry. I think there's also like a like do you remember like old movies about road rage or whatever? I think as a society we also are willing to push our citizens to a limit, you know, work harder, do more, be all you can be, the best of the best of the best. And this communicates that as people and human beings, we're supposed to take, 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 take. And we see this in 2020 where everybody is taking on so much stress and so much responsibility that we are all on this verge of just snapping. (laughs) I believe that. I do believe that. But I pause for a moment because then in some way we're saying like, because all of these things are happening, then when somebody does something out of anger, it's justified. In some way it's justified. Yeah, right? I know. That's the balance that we have to deal with all the yeah. time, right? When we're thinking about whether or not to control my anger. And this plays out in relationships. It's like, you know, you do just, I don't know about you, but I do mental gymnastics when I justify my anger. Like if I blow up at my husband, I'm like, well, he pushed me into a corner and it's his fault. He made me do that. And you're like, no, he didn't make you act out aggressively to him you're being a jerk you're acting out in your anger you have the capacity and the decision to learn how to control the words you use how you use them and whether or not to throw that book at the wall (laughs) which you know I struggle with because then it's like, well, I also did that in front of my children. And what am I showing them about what's normal for relationships? And then when my kid throws something, like, is it his fault that he did that? Or did he see that happen from me? And so he's like, oh, here are all the adults in my life, you know, throwing things when they're mad. But if I get mad, they tell me we don't throw things when we're angry. You you are talking about so many different facets of this emotion because at the beginning you kind of talked about control right your ability to control this emotion which is harder to do because it is so reactive and then you kind of spoke about how it takes you longer to have other feelings come about like whether it's sadness or empathy right which Mm -hmm. is Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of the other person in this situation, right? Mm-hmm. And then you talk about society because you're right. Society totally has a connection to all of these aspects um, of who we are because there are also in other cultures where you cannot in any way demonstrate your anger. So you swallow it. Mm-hmm. And then that continuous swallowing of that emotion makes you resentful. And then you so, take it home. Because that's yes. where I always learned that you should not be angry at work or in society. But when you come home, you know, I grew up in a an aggressive home where basically we saw people come home and walk through the door and start blowing up at the freaking storm that happened in your house, you know? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that when I'm stressed and I go back to that space, that's why. Because in my mind, it's like that dynamic that I created with my son, you know? It's a small example, but if because I know I grew up in a household where people just yelled or a person yelled like that, that I mm-hmm. I know that that's part of my brain that I I have to I have to pay attention to, you know, yeah, uh, to not be a bad to not be a an explosively angry person. Nobody, you would not call me as explosively angry. Would you describe that? 
No, you don't show that side at work. And I don't really at home either, but there were times in my life where, you know, my husband would come back and be like, you are so angry with me. You're so angry all the time at me. And I would be like, am I angry at you? Or am I just angry because I'm so stressed out about life? But the Mm -hmm. way he sees it is that he sees it as attack towards him. And I had to really take a step back to be like, man, I am, I'm doing that thing to you. You know, I'm display, I'm, I'm displacing my anger with where I, I'm picking it up from somewhere else. And then I come home and I dump on you. And that's so not cool. You know, one of the things that you said, um, is sticking in my mind because it ties to this idea of our inability to really dig deeper for all the reasons, right? Like that it's really, it hurts to do that emotionally. It hurts for you to kind of delve deeper, but in many ways it's left up to us to figure out, right? It's it's so like in a situation where there is anger, unless you have really good support tools, you end up just being identified as angry. Mm -hmm. And with that label comes some isolation because you're like, well, I don't want to even talk to you, right? Because you're just angry all the time. So oh, I'm talk to you, right? That's um, so painful. It's so true. Yes, it's totally, it's totally true. I know that it is. And so in that same vein, right, there is in many ways less support mm-hmm. for me to be willing and, and very openly be like, I'm angry. I have no idea why. So I need help. Because if I came to you and was like, I'm really sad. And I don't really know why that you would definitely be more empathetic, you know, to be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Why? <laughs> if you only know? life looked like that. Be great. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're exploding at me. I see you're suffering. Can you tell me why you're exploding? Right. That never happens. It's mostly he is responding to my anger with his own anger because I'm literally attacking him. Yeah. And then if he's stressed, it's not hard. It's easy for him to revert back to the old ways he has too, which is also an angry household. And so when we are both stressed together, it's horribly tragic. And I see this way, the way it plays out with my kids because they have started to say things like, why do you guys fight all the time? Mm. I don't like it when you do your angry face and, Children are like pets, but with voices. They take all the stuff you put out and they just throw it back at your face. But they use words where he's like, here's how you're a failure. <laughs> I mean, I totally believe that. They really are so... They they have no qualms about sharing what it is because we... They haven't received all that you know negative feedback that's like, oh, no, you're not supposed to talk about that. Let's move to this. Let's move to how do we control. So we've talked about what it's like to explode. We've talked about how hard it is to not explode. But we we need to spend enough time talking about controlling our anger. So I would say um, it's very hard for me to do. It's one of the hardest things to do to be like, America, shut up. Stop. Right? To, To really, in that moment, hit pause. I agree. So don't, I have actually started to recognize that in order to control my anger, I need to go bigger than I have to actually ask myself the question, what is stressing you out to make you so agitated to begin with? Because if I'm in a calmer state because of the time of my life or some things that are going on, 
I am less likely to explode because there are things that happened months ago or something that is piling and piling and piling to create the pressure. So you're telling me now, currently, when you get angry, this is the thought process that you're like in the midst of you, like spewing fire. You're like, okay, what is really? Yeah. Okay. So, thing? This, so, okay. So this is how it actually plays out. Okay. Normally it's after exploding maybe five times already. Like I have to like, I'll, I'll basically act out in anger. And it's like by the fifth time I've done it, I felt enough shame and recognize that there was a pattern that I go, stop. What are you doing? You're doing this thing again. Slow your roll. What is happening in your life? What, when did this start that you felt so stressed out that it was basically building up to this time where you were going to start beating everyone up around you, you know, and acting okay. all angry and crap, like, because it's not a moment. It's a series of moments. And it's really about the state of my body and my mind. Okay. And if you're angry all the time, like if you're a person that's angry all the time, because I've been there too, in my life, where I was like, I would say for the whole two years, I was just angry. <laughs> <laughs> And I had to step back and be like, whoa, it is because I was holding these things inside. I was my body and my my body and my mind were just under pressure like that, you know. And now that I've had time away and not been an angry person, now I can be like, oh, I know. I know that angry, Teresa. So you're, you, you've identified patterns, like the patterns help you lay down the work to be like, Hey, Hey, yo, you're going down the wrong path here. So that helps you. Yeah. I would say something that's helping me is the change in, in of inflection in my voice. Mm. We talked a little bit. I don't remember when about like the use of tone. Oh, that's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. So for me. I'm just thinking about some of my most recent interactions where I'm like in the midst, like literally in the midst of a conversation. And then I can hear myself go an octave higher in volume. And I'm like, mm -hmm. stop, mm -hmm. take a breath, hear what the person is saying and then speak. Mm -hmm. And I, and I'm really trying, like I am wholeheartedly like, <laughs> It also goes back to the response that you're getting from the individual, right? Mm -hmm. So if they keep going up higher and higher, you're just like, well, you're obviously not listening and I'm going to go higher and high. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Do, do you notice that you're, okay, so we're going to break down this time period. Do you notice that before your voice gets higher, that you maybe had a day or two where your voice went lower? Because right before I have the get higher, which is yelling, I have these times where my husband can tell I'm in a bad mood and I stop talking and I basically look at him with growls in my eyes and he's <laughs> like, basically it looks like I woke up on the wrong side of the bed and he starts to be like, are you okay? Or what's wrong? Which irritates me when he asks me that instead of seeing it as a positive and a check-in, I'm interpreting this as you're judging me for being a jerk right now, which he is doing, but I can't handle it. And so, but I'm just like, I'm super quiet and I just, you know, I kind of like don't say anything. Yeah, I have to agree with you now that you make me think about it. I retreat a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, I go into myself and I'm just like, 
doing what I have to do mm-hmm. and functioning to survive. But I'm yeah, but I'm truly not tapping into the emotion of whatever it is. And so when something happens, mm-hmm. the remote control isn't where it's supposed oh, to be. I don't God. know. <laughs> the remote control isn't where it's supposed to be. Yeah. Where then is this remote like, control? Yeah. Where what did happened? you put Why it? Did, yeah. Oh, I know I'm angry when I use a bunch of you statements in my head. You're this, you're that, you're that, Ugh. you're that. Instead of being like, I am this too. Because it's yeah. anger also comes with blame, I think. And we want to deflect blame or blame someone else for the crap that's yeah. going on in your head. And so if I have a bunch of you statements or if my husband says, are you okay? And I'm like, well, you're not okay. In my head, not out loud. Before I actually explode out loud, I have all this dialogue in my head. And it sounds like you statements. Sometimes I have the dialogue in my head and then other times I just can't avoid it and just be like, you know, you, whatever. And then in that moment, I'm like, practice your tools, practice your tools. And then I'm like, I feel (laughs) it's so important. That's how you actually do prevent a full on fight. But this is, yeah, this is what that looks like. Yeah. Yes. You, you. And and it happens so quickly, you know, that it can truly escalate very quickly. And then in other times you're just like, sometimes I feel like we're going around in circles and I'm just like, I have to walk away. I can't, I can't process anymore because what you're saying is no longer logical. And then I know that that will upset me. Yeah. This is already halfway through the middle of a fight and you're basically making a decision right now, whether I'm going to escalate this and really explode to the next level or yeah. if we're both going to take a break and walk away to de-escalate the emotion and the physical body so that we can be good to each other again. And there are times where I I can see myself making the decision to escalate. And my husband is like, and then I'm like, oh, are you going to make the decision to escalate too? Are we going to do this right oh, now? God. You know, <laughs> Are we going to do this? Yeah. You're going to do this? Oh, you're just, you just did it. And then he will say something like, you cannot just walk away. You always have to have the last word. And I was like, but you just had the last word. (laughs) It's so dumb. Yeah, sometimes I'll get that, um, the interaction that says, are you just trying to pick a fight? And I'm like, no, I'm trying to communicate something to you, but you're not listening. You're not understanding me, you know? The anger piece of it, like I can, you and I, I think, can relate to the the personal aspect of it when you're interacting with like your husband or someone that you love, you know, that you care for. There then is another aspect to it where like you're angry outside of these relationships mm-hmm. and then you turn it back into the relationship. But you were talking about how like, you know, when your family, they would come home and be like, ah, fire. Right. Finger. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. And then figuring out that 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 is happening, I think, is another step in you asking, like, what is causing this? Is it the people at work that are pissing you off all the time? And then today it was it. Mm -hmm. Right. Or your kids are like, they just pushed you to this other thing. Mm -hmm. And you're like, what in the world is going on with me? Am I no longer a person, individual that can do things outside of my life with these people? Mm. All of those things, though, come back to the idea of you asking yourself the reasoning, the cause for you feeling so much anger. I will. I don't know if you relate to this, but when I I have tried to really pay attention to the cause of my anger, 
and I don't know how much people feel like this is true for them, but I feel a lot of the cause for my anger is actually rooted in fear. So there are two types of situations where I feel fear. Either I feel fear because the way the fight is happening makes me feel insecure about being a good mom, about being a good partner, about being a good person. Or I also feel fear because when we're fighting, I feel pushed into a corner, like I'm trapped and they're putting words into my mouth or I feel afraid that I'm never going to get out of this work situation. (laughs) So I feel actually trapped by whatever, my decisions, my job. And I carry these ideas in my head that makes me feel so stressed out about stuff that that's when I start to act out in anger. So I'm so tense from these feelings that that that's what, why I explode at my children, for example. I, I feel so much pressure about feeling trapped maybe by work or my decisions about my work that by the time I get to taking care of my kids, like I'm already so tense about these things. And then I, and then I get mad at them because I'm like, why can't you guys just listen to me? And it's like, what am I trying to get from my kids right now? I'm trying to get order. I'm trying to get calmness. I'm trying to just get something to do what I needed it to do because I don't have control in other areas of my life. I don't, I don't necessarily think that the cause for my reactions are based in fear. I think they're more tied to, well, I guess if you like burn it all down and like to, it could be fear because it's lack of control. Like mm-hmm. I feel a lack of control around situations. Mm -hmm. So if you ask, well, why do you need to have control? It's like, because I don't trust that it will happen the way that I know it should happen. Or or Um, could happen to feel safe. Yes. So then it goes back to stable. Yeah. 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 That's funny. I I had never really thought about it as a kind of fear-based reaction. I I thought about it more as a reaction based on control. Control, I think, for me is is tied a lot to um, really a distrust. Yeah, I want I want control. I don't trust this situation. I don't like what's being put out. I don't like the way I feel in this situation. I think of animals. That's what I was starting to think about when you were talking about it. Right? I was like, when an animal, like a dog, bites you because it has food. It wants to control the situation because it wants the food. And your hand coming up to take the food elicits an anger response in the dog where it will snap at you. Because it's protective. Because it's protective of this food. Right. And I'm like, what's the parallel in humans? Like, well, how I would am say I- training makes a big difference because in an animal, that's what that's what's happening, right? Like the training aspect of getting them to understand like I, as your owner, can come near your food and I should be able to do that. You're never going to snap because you're, there's trust there. Same thing, right? When you learn as, a, as an early child like to protect yourself because you may feel unsafe, you're going to react in mm-hmm. a way that's going to be protective moving forward. Unless of yourself. Somebody, oh, yes, of, totally. Of your personhood, yes. right? Not, not necessarily of other people. And I think that's yep. where it's hard for us to recognize that our anger responses are developed internally as a way to protect your own your own sense of security, your personhood. Yeah. You know, another thing that I think about, though, is like sometimes when I get into these places, I ask myself, do you want the person to agree with you? Mm-hmm. Like, is that the point of you 
getting angry. And sometimes it may be other times. I'm just like, no, I just want you to, um, validate my experience and my feeling. I want you to be like, hear me. I got you. I heard what you said. I'm not going to agree with you, but I hear you. I can see why you would respond that way. And you do that because if they don't hear you, then you are at risk of being continually hurt Hmm. by their unchecked actions. And so you're trying to communicate, you're trying to communicate so that you can get validation and to protect your future self from being repeatedly harmed by this activity that you feel like your partner doesn't understand is hurtful. Taking breaks, stepping away, building insight, learning how to take freaking deep, long breaths, (laughs) learning how to go into a quiet space physical space to walk away and not see that as a failure like walking away doesn't mean you lost a fight (laughs) you're not a failure you need to just step away so you can not hurt one another emotionally and and physically or whatever yeah all those are very good points and i and i employ all of them sometimes too so tell me if this if you do this at all if I feel like the situation is not getting anywhere, like I've tried to do everything that I can to control and manage everything that I'm feeling, and I'm just like, all right, that's it. We're not getting it, right? And I can't walk away. My brain, it will automatically create like Iron Man, the, you know, the hood's coming on, not engaging any further. I can be with you in this situation right now, but I've closed down. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes the other person captures it and they're like, you're not. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, I can't anymore. Yeah. I call that seeing red. I have enough anger in my life that I've really broken down this process. And by the time I see red, it's like that character on Inside Out where it's just like fire, you know? Yeah. It's like by the time I'm seeing red, I'm no longer having a conversation with the person in front of me. I am, I am having a conversation with that angry monster we talk about inside my head who is like super both angry herself himself is also telling me this feels so good to reclaim power in this way yeah to to explode in this way feels good because you are releasing the tension and the pressure that you've been holding on inside of yourself so much and that I'm willing to do this at the expense of my relationships and then afterwards you watch a replay and it's so painful. You know, it, it is really hard to to do the replay. I do the replay because, you know, we, we overthink and we dwell, right? So I think part of that work, though, requires for you to go back in and be like, I'm just going to stand here like a little fly and think about this and be like, oh, could you could have said something different. But it's part of the practice. I think that's required for you to do better for yourself because at the end of the day, what you're saying, you know, when you're releasing, when you, when you like let that pressure out in some way Mm -hmm. and it is through anger, then you're doing yourself a disservice, right? You're not helping yourself at all Mm -hmm. because it builds up. It may feel good in that moment, but then you have shame and guilt attached to it after. Yeah. So, the come down post seeing red is grief. Yeah. I walk through totally. all of the feelings of grief. I start with bargaining, which sounds like, well, he should have said this and I could have said that. And if he said this, then I would have said that and we could have been fine and he should have done this. That's what bargaining looks like. 
or denial. It's okay. I didn't really get that mad. I'm not mad. I'm not mad right now. <laughs> Why do I say I'm not mad right now? Are you kidding? You are so mad right now, right? Yeah. Like, am I trying to convince my own head that I'm not mad? I'm not mad. <laughs> and then sadness, <laughs> shame, and then building towards acceptance. By the time I get to acceptance, then I can be, how do we repair? How do I say, okay, this is where I went wrong. This is how I need to say sorry. How do I say sorry? I feel like, oh, such a crapper. And also I don't want to apologize. And I don't want to walk into a conversation and backwards apologize where I'm like, I'm sorry, you were such a jerk. That's not an apology, <laughs> folks. That's not an apology. Okay. Don't fall I'm into sorry my you mistake. Felt that way. I am sorry you felt that way. I am sorry you made me angry. Okay, yeah. don't say that. Anything I am sorry you should you should just go back to the drawing board. <laughs> don't finish that <laughs> no, sentence. It's true. Yeah. It should sound like I am sorry I. Also, also be a careful about, but let me tell you why I got angry. That's not an apology either. You're trying to justify. And if your partner hears that, they can eventually hear that, but they're not going to hear it if you say it in an apology. They're just going to hear you say. Yeah, you're not here, owning your. Here's, your, here's why I got angry at yeah. you. You're like, no, dude, you need to just say I'm sorry. And you just need to sit there for 10 seconds with I am sorry. I exploded at you like that. And that was not okay. Period. Yep. 10 seconds. Count them. One, two, three, four, enough seconds. And, it, and and pay attention to how you feel because you should be sitting with your shame and sitting with the fact that you had to apologize because yes, you did blow up. And it's so hard. And that is part of the acceptance that, that our angry our angry responses have negative consequences in our life, in ourselves, and in our partnerships. I would say this, this kind of last tidbit when you say what you've outlined, it sounds super easy, but um, I, I try it. I really am working really hard. <laughs> and there's times when I will be able to go through, all, you know, two steps. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I got to start again. And then, you know, every day is, is a new process that I can try to integrate. I'm literally tapping my head because it's not hard. Let me tell you folks, for America and I and for everybody in this whole universe, it's a process. It's a waltz. It's a dance. There are days you do it better and there are days you do it worse. If you continue to practice and hopefully get better and better and better over time, then hopefully things get easier. And that's the key is that it's not that it's it, you're going to wake up one day and be great at not being angry. It just gets a little easier over time to switch through yep. these processes, if you practice them. So there is a fact sheet and a worksheet that you can check out on our website at mhanational.org forward slash May that focuses on dealing with anger and frustration. So check them out, see if they can help you and keep going. Don't give up. Yeah. It's a journey, folks. Keep on fighting in the open. All right. We're going to talk to you guys next week. Have Bye. a good one.